Hi, everyone, and welcome to Selwyn Avenue's podcast, Faith Lab. This is Ashley Anderson, Selwyn's seminary intern. Uh, we just want to thank you guys for joining us, whether you are out walking, driving to work, or wherever you find yourself today. Welcome. I am delighted for our conversation today, and y'all, we are just blessed to again have some amazing women who are involved in various uh, communities around Charlotte um, that are going to be spending a little bit of time with us this morning. And if you have been following along with our podcast, uh, our theme for the past two weeks has been belonging to God in baptism. So today we are going to wrap up that conversation that surrounds living out our baptismal vows in the community. And one um, of one of those vows that we take in the PCUSA is to nurture and encourage the child um, in a life of faith and discipleship. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the various organizations that Selwyn is involved in, um, one specifically, and uh, how we as a church are um, leaning into that call and serving those in our community. And so Lisa McLennan, uh, Selwyn's Parish Associate for Mission, uh, has gathered some amazing women. So I will pass it over to her to introduce them. Great. Thank you, Ashley. Um, I'm really delighted to have these three women gathered with us today because they are super integral in our work at Montclair Elementary School. First, uh, I would like to introduce April Witten. She is the social worker at Montclair Elementary School, uh, one of our Title I CMS schools, and Montclair is only three miles from our church. And so we will um, be delighted to hear a little bit more about that from April. I would also like to introduce Ellen Harris. Ellen, many of you, if you're church members, you may already know Ellen. Ellen and her family are deeply involved in the life and ministry here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian as church members. Um, they serve in leadership capacities, Ellen and her husband Charles, and they have three precious children, uh, Jackson and Margaret and Anne Greer. I like to give her that double name. Um, they are deeply involved in all aspects of the community here, music, service, worship, youth group, children's ministry. Um, she's just, if, if something's happening at Selwyn Prez, you can usually find one of the Harris family members there. Uh, and then the third person I would like to introduce is Veronica Glover. And Veronica is the executive director of the Greater Enrichment Program. And they provide um, after-school enrichment and summer enrichment for uh, children in our community in a variety of capacities. And I will let her share more about that organization in just a little bit. Um, but, and we have relationships with both uh, Montclair and GEP. And as this conversation unfolds, we hope you'll, you'll see the beauty of these relationships. But I'd like for you to start, April. Um, if you would just start, first of all, my, what, what I would love for you to share with our listeners, um, you know, Montclair Elementary School is three miles from Selwyn Avenue. And Selwyn is in uh, Myers Park in a, a very developed area with lots of resources. And Montclair is just three miles away and it's a Title I elementary school. Could you talk to our listeners a little bit about what it means to be a Title I elementary school and about the community of Montclair and the students and their families? 
Okay. Um, so to be a Title I school, according to the federal government, um, around 70% of your students need to qualify as economically disadvantaged. So high poverty. Uh, Montclair um, is right about 98% economically disadvantaged. So just about every student. So because of that, um, our families no longer even have to fill out the free and reduced lunch forms. Everybody at our school gets free breakfast and lunch. So that they started doing that maybe seven, eight years ago, just to, it's just a known fact, some of these schools that are really high poverty, they just decide to even take that piece out of that equation. Um, so Montclair, we have pre-K through fifth grade, and right now we are sitting at 512 students between all of those grades. Um, the makeup of our students, we have 12% um, of them are African-American, 79% are Hispanic, 6% are white, and the rest, the other percent is the other groups combined. Um, so it's a very high Hispanic uh, and Latino population. Um, out of that 79%, 55 of them are still considered English learners, um, which means the other 24% kind of have tested out of that at some point, but they are still, their first language is still English. Um, so, Given the what Title I means um, and what that, and especially since the makeup of our school, we have some definitely some barriers and challenges that our families face. Um, right now, we have only about 6% of our families considered homeless based on the McKinney-Vento federal law. Um, I do believe that number is higher than that and probably will grow as the year goes on, especially given the pandemic. Um, we do have a lot of families that just don't have access to good paying jobs. Um, so they live together with other families. That is kind of somewhat of a norm within some of our families. So a lot of times you'll have two, three families living in one apartment. Um, they do that because they just cannot afford to get one on their own. Um, so sharing expenses is kind of a necessity. So they don't technically qualify as homeless according to the law if they're choosing to live together to share expenses. Um, but that is, so that's another high need, even though the numbers may not reflect that. Um, a lot of our barriers for the families is number one, the language, since a lot of them, Spanish is their first language. Um, like I said earlier, access to good paying jobs is a barrier, access to medical care. Um, this year, we found out access to internet is a big barrier. We had, as of this fall, we had about 75, house, 75 households that did not have internet. So given the remote learning environment, that was a challenge. Um, we have since gotten internet hotspots for most of those families. Um, so a lot of what I do is hooking up families with resources, um, whether that's food referrals. We have um, Bows and Fishes has food banks across the, country, across the county. I do a lot of food referrals. I did just three yesterday. Um, and then helping students deal with whatever it is that they are experiencing. We have a lot of families who have families in other countries. Um, so there's a lot of issues around that, whether it's those families not doing well, things like that. Um, so there's a lot of my time is just spent checking in on kids, checking in on families, kind of seeing what the needs are and doing what we can to address those needs so that the kids can then focus on their schooling and education. Awesome, thank you, April. Um, it, it 
you know, as I hear you, like I know all this about these families, but as I hear you talk about it, I feel like I get choked up, right? Just there's so many obstacles and barriers that these families are facing. It's not just poverty, right? Absolutely, absolutely. especially at a school like ours. Yeah, yeah. And, and you said that it is 98% poverty. Yes, that's, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. You're uh, so Ellen, I'm gonna just sort of transition to you next um, as, a, as a church member. Um, and could you just share a little bit with our listeners about the sort of the history we have with Montclair and some of the things we have going on there and some of the partners there? You're on mute. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I'm Ellen Harris. Um, so we have about a 20-year relationship with Montclair Elementary School. Um, that means that we've known teachers and principals who are no longer there anymore, but we've been there um, in relationship with Montclair for, for 20 years. Um, it started with one member who wanted to, who wanted to make a connection over there and has just grown from there tremendously. Um, today, Montclair is our, um, our top, our, I, I would say our, our number one um, mission focus at our church, um, just because um, there are so many um, uh, needs, as April talked about, um, that fit into our, our focus areas of homelessness, hunger, and children in need. Those are our sort of mission group focus areas and all those things are needs at Montclair. And so it's just continued to be um, uh, the place for us to, to, to pour into. Um, I first got involved at Montclair about 12 years ago when I joined the church. And of course, John Lemon, as many of you on this podcast will know, invited me and as he's done so faithfully for so many years um and i i was a helper on fridays in mrs ramadan's fifth grade class and i would go in on fridays and just be an extra set of hands for mrs ramadan and um, i learned so much about the school during that time and just fell in love with the children this was the oldest group at montclair the fifth graders um and miss ramadan was um so so uh, hospitable to me and just allowed me to be part of her classroom um that sort of uh that was my first experience but people at selwyn have had so many different experiences at montclair so i'm just going to name some of the different ways that we've helped in the past and then some of the newer um partnerships we have um for I think most of all of these 20 years, we've had teacher helpers like I was with Miss Ramadan, and we still have members of our church who are long time, um, who are in long time relationships with teachers at Montclair, who still who've gone in year after year and have um, friendships with those teachers. So, teacher helpers um, continue to be a need. Um, tutors is is a huge need at Montclair, and if you think about um, all the ways that we at, at Selwyn support our own personal children when they need academic support. Um, we want to provide academic support to children who need it there. So we have math tutors um, through the heart literacy, excuse me, heart math tutoring. We have literacy tutors. Um, and we just have so many members who really, if you walk into Montclair on 
and unfortunately before COVID, but if you walk into the building on most any weekday, you will see fellow members of our church um, in Montclair. It feels like it's sometimes an extension of our, of our, of our congregation. So, um, and those people are math tutors, they're literacy tutors, they're teacher helpers. They are lunch buddies. Um, there have been times when there's been, been requests to just have uh, a friend to, to converse and sit with a child during lunch. That has been something we've done for years. Um, there, we're also the ones that um, Montclair reaches out to if they have one-time needs, such as um, uniforms, needs for uniforms, needs for, um, right now, this week, um, here's a plug, I'm working on um, interpreters, uh, Spanish interpreters for the parent-teacher conferences on Monday night. So if you speak Spanish, you are always in need. At, uh, you, are, you would be a huge resource um, to, to GEP or at, at Montclair. Um, so, um, so those are one-time needs. The Presbyterian women have been wonderful, um, you know, loving partners in Montclair for many years, and they provide um, teacher appreciation uh, gifts and supplies like hand sanitizer and Starbucks gift cards and little things that they just want to make the teachers feel appreciated and loved. They do such hard work. Um, so the Presbyterian women do that and, and the Presbyterian women stop the health room for the nurses. Um, and, um, and they've just been longtime partners over there. Um, coming up in the next couple of weeks, you'll see the mission Christmas tree going up at Selwyn in our congregation, in our building. Um, in years past, when I first joined Selwyn, we were giving gifts of toys to children, but over the years we have um, changed over to supporting teachers in their classrooms at Montclair. We feel like this is a more supportive and impactful, meaningful way to, to, to give things, to give stuff. And so what we do is um, ask teachers to to request things that would make learning better in their classrooms. It might be a set of readers or a beanbag chair or for the pre-K one year, I think some, uh, a teacher asked for the, a, um, a cash register, which was so <laughs> precious and um, just things that hands-on items and supplies that um, many of us probably take for granted in our own children's classrooms. Um, those are things that we provide for teachers on our mission Christmas tree. Um, Let's see, uh, I think I've mentioned again, my plug that we always need tutors, we always need translators, we always need people who, um, who are thinking about Montclair when they um, have an extra ticket to a basketball game or things like that. Um, we have ways to channel those resources. Um, uh, recent, bigger, recent partners um, that we're very excited about over the last couple of years um, and I guess, let me just interrupt myself to say that um, over the last several years, our mission group in general has tried to move away from a lot of sort of scattered projects and giving things to, to, to organizations and more toward deeper committed relationships with partners that where we can really, um, where we can, 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 um, can have, can have a relationship, uh, not just a one-way gift. Um, and so that's, that's been really important to us. Um, and 
but but to back up again, sorry, I'm reading all over my no, notes. That's perfect. Um, to back up again, our big our big partners right now are um, Read Charlotte, which is a citywide effort to increase literacy um, in ages ages up to third grade, and that came out of our um, the Opportunity Task Force years ago that found out uh, that that was in response to Charlotte having being the the last city in the country in terms of upward mobility. So Reed Charlotte came out of that. They're citywide, but they piloted their work at um, at Montclair. Um, and so we've done tons of literacy efforts at Montclair, um, working directly with Liz Sipsalinski, the literacy coordinator there, um, book drives, literacy nights, um, tutoring. Um, the food pantry is our, our new um, also a new um, effort, and um, as we've seen very clearly, it kind of came at the right time with COVID. Um, we we were able to respond um, with food primarily when COVID first shut down schools and businesses, and that's continuing to be a need. So our food pantry is is an important way that we connect with Montclair. Um, and then finally, um, GEP, and I, I would love to have more time to tell you the beautiful story of how that happened, but I think I'm probably out of time. So um, I'll probably um, let Veronica uh, share with you her wonderful program, but the story of how we met Veronica is, um, is something that I will um, treasure as, um, as, as God's work in a, in a, at a time that I really didn't think we could take on a project this big. So. Um, there you go. Let's hear um, from Veronica. Yeah. We definitely want Veronica to tell us about GEP, but I hate for us to not mention the important years of Freedom School, right? Because Thank Freedom you. School over the years was a huge, huge gift to those of us who participated in the Freedom Schools at Montclair. Um, and I think that that helped us birth our relationship with Veronica as well, right? Like how could we yes. Freedom School all year? Yes. Is that a Good, good way to describe that, Ellen. Yes, I guess it would have been about um, probably, well, it was almost 10 years ago, um, someone said, we need to do something during the summer um, over at Montclair. And we started with two weeks that we tried to run ourselves with our own members. And uh, that was, that was a bold move because <laughs> it was the two weeks of all day camp and, you know, Malin Pratt and um, all, you know, tons of our, John Lemon, tons of our members are over there leading children. We decided that that was better left to the experts and so got, <laughs> got um, involved with Freedom School the next year. And that was a, that has been a huge partner for us. Um, that provided six weeks of um, free enrichment and literacy mm -hmm. and food for uh, children at Montclair um, for several years. And we were deeply um, uh, partnered with that. We provided people and funds. Um, but the reason that uh, we, we, the we, reason that we um, pivoted towards supporting um, Veronica's program, GEP, was because we wanted, uh, well, Montclair asked us, um, as, as partners who have had long enough relationship that the principal can come and say, this is something we'd really like, but we don't know how to do it. You find out and, and see if it can happen. And that's what we did. Um, Andy Johnson and many others were so important to, uh, in researching um, what Montclair asked for, which was an after-school program. Um, 
we Montclair's children go home um, to um, all sorts of circumstances and the teach and the school did not have any sort of aftercare. So that was our, our big dream a few years ago. And that's how we got involved with Bronica um, and GEP um, offers aftercare and a summer program. And that's when we decided that, um, that we would, um, that we would um, move our, our, switch our efforts from Freedom School to GEP. Um, but Freedom School has been a wonderful partner for many years. Veronica, tell us about what the heck is GEP? What does it stand for? All these seller members see it everywhere, but they may not know what GEP means. Well, GEP is Greater Enrichment Program. It began 45 years ago in the basement of a AME Zion Church here in West Charlotte. Um, it, it came, it was birthed from an AME Zion minister who saw children in the street playing, um, breaking windows and, and just not doing what they're supposed to do, not getting any support during the summer. And it has evolved into a program that has served, you know, thousands, ten thousands of kids in 45 years, celebrating our 45th anniversary. Um, for our relationship with uh, Montclair, we've never, we never had a, a church come to us and say, you know, we want, we have identified a need or we have a need and we want to see if Greater Enrichment can help us with this need. Typically, we work with school partners. Um, we work with uh, school principals, and they'll, they'll say, oh, we need, we don't have aftercare. But it was so unique to be able to have a church who was so involved and engaged and committed to a school reach out to us and say, hey, we want to see how your organization could provide aftercare after school. Um, to Montclair, a, a, a school that we are deeply committed to. And for us, Great Enrichment, that's what we do. We provide uh, no cost, free after school, quality after school enrichment and summer camp services to under-resourced communities, Title I schools. We want to eliminate the barrier of charging families fees. Uh, we want to eliminate uh, the barrier of transportation. Um, and we want to provide a space within a school setting where parents are already familiar with that the ki their kids can stay in a safe environment and be um, supported with their academics and their social and emotional learning. That's what Great Enrichment is about. We are committed to uh, making sure we meet our families and our school's needs. Um, and for our relationship with uh, Montclair, it was just awesome to um, I think Ellen mentioned before, it wasn't where they said, we want you to do after school um, and this is it. And they just kind of like, this is what you do. It was they wanted to stay involved to, through weekly meetings and monthly meetings. And, you know, what can we do? How can our congregation support? I mean, volunteers coming in the after school program um, and helping, providing resources, just always um, wanting to make sure that they stay involved with this partnership. And so, you know, Greater Enrichment, you know, we're, we're designed to, um, to use all of our resources and we have resources in the community, but this relationship with Montclair and the education committee is, is super, is super special and it's unique because of, again, how the congregants of the church have really just stayed involved. Um, it wasn't just like a, you know, we're going to give them this some money and then we're going to let them do their thing. It's constantly, you know, how can we, you know, make it better? What can we do to strengthen it? Are we doing this correctly? Are there more needs? 
And those are the kind, that's the kind of partnership um, that you want to have when you're serving, a, you know, a Title I school, when you're providing this service. So we use this relationship and this partnership with Selwyn as a model because it's just been that wonderful. Um, we, I mean, to pilot a program, Greater Enrichment, we've had a lot of um, challenges in terms of resources because we don't want to charge fees to our families. We are serving the families that need it most. These are your families that where, you, where kids are going home to a babysitter, where like Miss April said, they're going into households with two and three families. They're going into homes without internet. They're going to homes where there, you know, there's a language challenge. So we want to make sure at the end of the school day, these kids have additional wraparound services. Um, between the hours of 3 and 6 p.m., that's a high crime area, high crime time for students, um, according to national statistics on out-of-school time. So we want to be that uh, safety net for kids between 3 and 6. And it's wonderful that Selwyn identified and they're in the school identified that they needed aftercare service and that greater enrichment and its program could provide that quality. Um, but then the level of involvement is just not, you know, it can't be greater enrichment just going to bring in their team, their staff, they have the infrastructure. It has to be more than that. It's a village. And that's what it is at Montclair with Selwyn. It's a village. You know, Andy Johnson, it's like, I, I think it's like his part-time job. Um, and Miss Ellen, we're always talking, and Mr. John, and you know, and Allison, and, and just, and now Miss Lisa with us opening up the remote learning center. These are things that help us really support these families. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's what they need. And so, you know, we want to provide the GEP experience. That's what we call it. So the kids get all this great, you know, support, and Miss April, you guys, and the social worker team, and I just love Miss Izaki to, to death because she believes in after school. Mm -hmm. She believes in the village. But at the end of the day, we want the kids to come in and get some social and emotional time, some support um, outside of the school day. We want them to see the community and to see, you know, the Selwyn volunteers during the day. But then also, they're also able to come in the afternoon. So they're really a part of the whole village, the whole day is what is making the impact. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the relationship, like I said, the model that is that we have with the Selwyn, you know, with Selwyn and Montclair and GEP is just, it's, it's just been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it really, we've seen the impact. Um, we know that it, it, what we're doing is working. We've gotten the feedback from the principal, from our, some of our teachers, from the parents that they really have benefited from this program that we started last year. So um, I just can't say it enough, you know, our, our mission, GEP's mission, we're child-focused family-centered. And, and what we want to make sure we do is ensure that our families see that the community is behind them. They know the school is supporting them, but they also know that the community is also supporting them. And that, that's what we are doing with um, our partnership, our relationships with, with you all, with Selma. Monica, I got to go to your luncheon last year uh, um, and I got to learn a lot more about GEP. And one of my favorite words of GEP is the middle word, enrichment. Yes. Right? Um, and so I think there's a couple things I want our listeners to know. The first is, this isn't just after school. It's intended to be in the summer as well, right? Yes. And, um, so I, I do want our listeners to know that, um, but this summer we got ripped off because of COVID, yes. 
right? We totally denied the opportunity to enjoy time with these children. Um, but second is just like the enrichment. Can you just talk a little bit about the enrichment, not just academic, of course they, they're supported academically, but it's the other piece of the enrichment that I want our listeners to know about as well. So the enrichment that we provide, like I said, we call it the GEP experience because the students are experiencing things that they would not have access to um, because of their, you know, their under-resourced communities, because, you know, parents, um, they're economically disadvantaged. But we give them opportunities to, of uh, things that they would dream about, um, cooking classes and yoga and music programs and um, lacrosse. Um, and just, you know, a plethora of Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and um, drama classes, um, performances. The students put on an awesome performance at Montclair. Um, we get family vision boards. Um, just, we call it the experience because we bring in resources from the community to provide these opportunities for kids. At the end of the day, they want, we walk out, they're going to say, my first experience with horseback riding was with GP. Um, oh, we recycle, mom, but we went to a recycling center with GEP. So these are the enrichment experiences that help support the academic learning. So they're, you know, they're learning about blowing up rockets, but it's STEM, and you know, there's science, and it's relating it back to math. They're doing yoga because they're learning about fitness and how to release, you know, how to have conflict resolution and stress management. So the, the GEP experience is something that we provide to the students. They get a plethora of resources. Um, the students, the enrichment services that we provided with uh, Montclair included a relationship with Southminster, a retirement community about six miles away. The students, um, we kicked off like a reading buddy program um, and, and students were able to, you know, have reading buddies. We had um, a plant um, Charlotte pro program where the students were able to go over and work um, with a senior adult. They package uh, plants to be able to give out or uh, they put together the stem so they could wrap, they wrap them. And it was just a hands-on project where seniors from that community were able to have some conversation with the students and relationships with the students at Montclair. Those are the kinds, that's the kind of enrichment that helps build a good student, that helps give them character, that helps build their self-esteem and their confidence because they don't have access. A lot of the students don't have older adults in their lives. A lot of the students have never, you know, going to the movies and you read the book, but now you get to see the movie and do a movie review. So those kinds of opportunities is something that the principal shared that she wanted her students to be able to get. Um, to walk in that room in the cafeteria at Montclair and see kids cooking, um, making beets, potato chips out of beets, you know, and learning it's healthy, and they were making it on their own. They had their little chef hats on. They were so happy because mom or dad was not, they don't let them cook at home. They're wasting food. You're not going to do that. That is a necessity for us. So the enrichment that we provide, it gives these kids experiences and opportunities that they would know that they wouldn't get. Um, you know, our kids, they went to the, uh, the Belk um, football game, and they had to do an order. We um, it came out of itself, and in order to get tickets, you had to, we had a contest, and they had to develop a cheer, and they had, and you should have seen this young man, um, Jaime, he created this chair, he's like first grade, and he's this little macho dude, and he created this chair about, about um, being a good person, 
and he won and he won those tickets and he got to go to the game and he was so happy because it, he would have never been able to go to a football game in Tampa Stadium. So those are the kinds of things that we provide with our enrichment services, um, with our enrichment program. And the GP experience is magical um, because it, it provides these kids with these opportunities. And again, Selwyn's contribution to that is, is why, we were, why we're so successful. Um, because again, you know, we couldn't do it without, without you guys. And so um, that's what our enrichment does. It, it just makes kids feel like my, their first, it's their first time sometimes. First time experiencing something, and that's what we want. That's what we want for, from, for our students. Yeah, thank you, Veronica. That, um, that, that piece is the part that I think brings my heart the most joy. I know food is important. I know learning to read is important. Um, that, you know, that's a given for so many families. Um, but that enrichment piece yes. is, is one of my favorite parts of GEP, yeah. that additional. Lisa, do you mind if I yeah. jump in for a second? Please, Ashley. No, Veronica, you just mentioning all those wonderful things. I mean, I think of the, I have two little ones. I have a three-year-old and a 16-month-old. And I think of how often my three-year-old cooks in the kitchen with me. Oh, and I'm going to try not to get like beclemmed about it. But um, I take that for granted, um, you know, how much we, we spend time in the kitchen and, um I'm, you know, if we spill something or the whole meal is just completely ruined and tastes completely of salt, you know, we don't, we, we can make it again. Um, just, just hearing from you all, um, all these beautiful examples in the way that we are just serving one another. And Veronica, like you said, it takes a village for these children, for all of our children, um, and for them to know that they are not in this alone and that it is the community. It is not, um, it is, it is the greater, the people around them um, that in, in enable them and enrich their lives um, in all these wonderful ways, which is the same thing we do as the church. Um, and so that's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful reminder. And I think something that I keep thinking about is you know, what, um, what inspires you all to keep going? Because we are in the midst of a pandemic. There are new challenges um, on top of the ones that already exist, April, that you have mentioned. And so I'm just curious for each of you, like what inspires you to keep doing this amazing, amazing work? April, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, yeah, for me, it's the kids and the families. I mean, mm -hmm. when you interact with our kids, they are special. So I think anybody who interacts with them knows that. And so I think that's what keeps even the church coming back to our mm -hmm. school. Um, so it's the kids and the families, bottom line. <laughs> uh -huh. um, yeah. This is yeah. I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Lisa. Well, I just like, the, so we, again, we've been ripped off this year because of COVID, but um, because two weeks ago, GEP started bringing some of the children into our fellowship hall um, for some remote learning. On the very first day, a precious little boy named Liam walked in as tearful as he could be because he's first grader and this is a new place and he hadn't been, he's been with his family since March and he was tearful but yet handed the most beautiful card to me um, thanking me for making this space available for remote learning. And 
I, I don't know. It set me on fire. And I'm like, what else does Veronica need? Like, because, you know, it wasn't easy necessarily getting Veronica and her people in this building. She will attest there were a lot of hoops we both jumped through. But to see Liam in this building with Veronica's faithful and beautiful, dedicated staff, I, what else? Like, I'll jump through 80 million more hoops because <laughs> I was so inspired to see sweet little Liam's face and 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 just have him as a new friend in my life. I, you know, I've been, I have benefited far more than Liam probably ever will. Mm. Okay, Ellen, what inspires you to keep doing this? Um, well, let's see, Ashley, I don't want to jump ahead to the, to our discussion about, um, baptism. No, go for it. Um, okay. Well, um, so in, first of all, April is, April is so on, on point because those children, um, are just, I mean, these are little kids, (laughs) y'all. These are, I mean, sweet, um, little children and the, and you also, you'll be struck if you ever walk into the building, um, how peaceful and orderly and beautiful that, that school is run. Uh, So you just feel, you know, first Mm -hmm. of all, you just feel great when you go in and you see these beautiful little children and, um, learning and, um, uh, I'll just, uh, that reminds me what, what you said, Lisa, about one child. I mean, um, for a few years, I led a, a poetry club. I had the same kids um, for three years in a row, um, and I saw them every week. And there were because some t- because there's a lot of families who move and move in and out uh, at Montclair. We lost a couple along the way, but I and, and gained a few. But one of the little girls that I had all three years was um, so bright and so quiet. And, um, but she was so, so bright. And I remember on, in fifth grade as she was sort of, they were going to graduate and move on to, to, um, middle school. And you're kind of, um, well, I guess this happened a few times during the year. I just mentioned to her, um, you know, when you go to college and, you know, saying like, when you go to college and, um, you know, I don't know if, if, if she had heard that before. You know, the idea that like she would go to college and I can't say that she will. I'm not going to say that like something I did in third or fourth grade, but like um, we read a book in, in mission um, in the mission group a few years ago called Our Kids by Robert Putnam. And it was really powerful about how um, and, and my, my takeaways years later are that um, it's relationships mm-hmm. Um and and mentors that that make a, a difference for kids who are sort of um, in, in all sorts of cycles and, and have barriers. Um, it, it's relationships, and so um, so I guess that that's one thing that um, that I thought of as you were talking. But but just before we were we had this conversation, um, I was thinking about baptism because I've seen so many little babies at our church get baptized and you know um there there are our children at our church and one of the things we say at the end about all these precious little little babies is um you are now you're part of the family of god um and um i 
I feel like we need to see our families as bigger mm-hmm. than just the people who live in our households. Yeah. Um, and when we do that, um, I think that we are living, I think we are following Jesus commandment. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear that yeah. you're going to love your neighbors as yourself. And I also just can't tell you how much it has enriched my life and the life of, of my family to, to, to feel like we're just not, we're not, we're not just out for each other. Yeah. We're not just trying to promote each other, you know? Um, and because that can be a very, um, that can be a very tight and hands closed and anxiety producing feeling when you, when your only worry is your own child. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can, I don't know. Um, when I go to Montclair, there are times when I'm committed to be over there and I look at my calendar and I'm like, I don't want to go. Like I'm busy. Like yeah. I'm tired. I've got other things. This is a busy day. Um, but I've never felt that way when I left. It's the strangest thing. It's like, I go in, I'm like, Oh, you know, going to check this off. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say, but all of us do this. Yeah. Like we all, we all have to take care of our work. Um, you, you, but I've never felt that way when I've left because I can't think of a better use of my time mm-hmm. than to, um, and time is really precious for a lot of people in our congregation, I think. Um, and I, I remember the very first time I went to Miss Ramadan's class in fifth, in her little fifth grade class. And I had young children at the time. Um, and I was a busy, strung out mom and I had to find childcare for those kids, for my kids so that I could go to this other place. Um, and I just remember driving home. I remember the sun shining through the, the, my, the, my car windows as I'm driving home. And I remember thinking, I will not do anything this week more important than mm-hmm. the hour I just spent. Like, I just felt like that was it. It just, yeah. so selfishly, it fed me in a way. Right. Yeah, I mean, if he, and that's what, um, but I, I do want to, I do want to say like, too, that, um, that in growing your family to include other people and other children or any other people, because there are other ways at our church that we support mm-hmm. people and need homeless people and all sorts of ways, but opening your family costs something like I will, t- I will say it, it will cost you something. And I think that sometimes we say like, Oh, I don't have time. And, and that's like your reason for not doing it. Yeah, that's true. Like We don't have time or we don't have money or we, we, or we will have to like do, we may have to find childcare or we may have to be inconvenienced. Um, and I, I just, um, embrace that sacrifice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is what I would say. And like, because that's, um, you know, yeah, it, there have been a lot of times where if I got involved at Montclair, things didn't happen at my house. Um, and in some way, like that's a tough balance. Like you, you have to take care of yourself and your people too, but, um, we have to, I don't know. I I think we need to, to, to talk about sacrifice a little bit when we talk about baptism Mm -hmm. and that it does cost us something to take to, to care for others and to, to love others. So that's, it's way, it's way better than the alternative. Yeah. 
That's beautiful, Ellen. And and you're right. They are our children. Mm-hmm. Veronica, what keeps you doing this? Well, I was going to say there's so many times, you know, I eat, breathe, sleep, GEP. This is my <laughs> life. I've been here. I started as a volunteer mm. and then just said, this is a place I want to work. And I, you know, I'm now the executive director. Never left. <laughs> on my 10 years, my 10th year. Um, but for me, you know, we often, you know, this COVID thing really wanted me, we want, I wanted to throw in the towel, but my mm-hmm. team that I have here is so passionate and committed and we, and we're just so committed to our family. We just could we can't leave them. Um, this is the time where they need us the most. This is the time where we've had to figure out how to transition um, and pivot our program to a way that can help support the families. Yeah. Um, it's been through technology. It's been through just different ways and it's, it's pulling us, you know, in 10 different directions. But what this work that we do with children is so important because, you know, this is our future. And for mm-hmm. us, whenever I get to the point where I'm like, this is crazy. CMS, you know, now we probably won't be able to go back into the schools because they're COVID, they're scared of, you know, COVID exposure. You know, this summer we had a great super program planned for the summer um, and we were not able to do it. You know, all these challenges that keep coming our way, you know, um, but we still, you know, my team and I, we persevere through. And it's because we, we run into kids in the community. Oh, that's my GP teacher. I go to Burger King like once a week and there's this guy in the drive through He's like, yeah, you're my GP. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't a teacher, but I was there all the time. He's like, yeah, you want to know, you want to see my kids? So when we run, I mean, there's not a week that goes by that we don't run into kids that have gone through our program and have remembered us and have told us their success mm-hmm. so, the biggest impact right now that just really like re like my the flame that i already had just just like ignited it again we have a young lady primarily hispanic um family well her family she's the only one that was really um spoke english um her parents really still are not um literate in english but she um received a full scholarship to yale to go to she's a jeep she put a, a full scholarship and a stipend she's going to yale she was a valedictorian of rocky river high school and she called myself and another site director she said i just wanted to let you know i made it i'm going to be a lawyer and then she said that she wrote her college essay about her experiences at gep and she said if her she built her confidence through our Miss GEP pageant that we had. That's the kind of stuff that makes you say what you're doing is making an impact. This young lady who was was not thinking about college, mm-hmm. like I said, family we could barely communicate with, but she stayed with us and she, all the values that we instilled during out of school time, she took that with her when she left. Mm-hmm. She came back and volunteered in middle school. She came back and volunteered in high school. She kept in touch with us. And she was like, I just wanted to let you know, you guys were a part of my village. And mm-hmm. I would never forget you. And mm-hmm. she called um, our site director, Ms. Rice, to say, I wanted you guys to know I'm here. I made it. I'm going to be here until November. And I just wanted to let you guys know. So when you hear those kinds of stories and the mm-hmm. impact that you made, that keeps you, that you know you're making an impact. No matter how hard it's been, when you get that one family that says, thank you for that bag of snacks, you get that one family that says, you you know, my kid, I can go to work and work a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Liam can come to the center at sale. And those are the things that make that keep. That's why I do what I do. I mean, I have two girls of my own and I often feel really bad that I 
commit so much time to the students at GEP, but they're doing it too. They work during the summers. They're doing service projects. Um, we talk about, you know, families like Ms. Ellen just said, my family is, is this is a GEP family. You know, my husband, yeah. like, this is not, I don't work for GEP. I'm like, but you do. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> so we have to look at it in that way. Yeah. That we can't, it can't just be about us. It has to be mm -hmm. about the least among us. And that is what we do. And so that is what inspires me to keep going. Um, and to be able to work with people around me, you know, that want, that have the same desires and passion and commitment to children in the community. Yeah. That makes it even better. So why would I why would I not do this work? You know, Miss Ellen says I'm I'm busy. I'm always busy, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be busy doing God's work. Then be busy, you know, shopping at Neiman's or yeah. as my mom would say. Yeah. I want to be doing God's work. And yeah. that's why I continue to do what I do. And mm -hmm. and and that's and that's just what it is. I feel good. At the end of the night, I'm I am dead tired, but I feel like I have made a difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I sleep really good. Um good. That's, beautiful. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, thank you all so much for sharing those stories. Um, they surely absolutely inspired me and, um, you know, for our listeners as well, hopefully inspire something in them to, to keep doing the work, to keep doing the work. Cause it's, it's surely been a hard season, but there's still lots of work to be done. Lots of good work to be done. Um, and so Lisa, in that note, like what are some of the ways that someone can is involved or is can get involved? Yeah, you know, Ellen touched on this as well. You know, I, if you are um, listening to this podcast and you feel motivated to get more involved, there are so many ways. Uh, we always need tutors. We always need donations to the food pantry. We need people to pack up little bags for the food pantry to go home on Fridays. Um, we need people to show up when GEP resumes in person at the school, we need you to show up and execute a golf club or a painting club or whatever things you're good at, show up and share that with these kids. Um, we need your financial gift. You know, if we're gonna continue to support GEP at Montclair, we, we need church members and community members to share their financial resources with us. Um, you know, our website has ways that you can get involved. Um, you can always reach out to me. Uh, my web, my email's on the website and Ellen, I can put you in touch with her as well. Um, you know, as, as Ellen mentioned earlier, someone has chosen in this season to focus on issues related to children in need, hunger, and homelessness. And so we, as we find all of that at Montclair, um, but we also do count, um, you know, roof above and habitat as some of our partners battling homelessness as well. Uh, so you can certainly check our, our, our website for those additional resources and opportunities. April and Veronica and Ellen, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I know how busy you all are. Um, I know that I'm one of those people tapping on your uh, <laughs> windows frequently saying ask you some questions um, but we are so grateful for your time and we're so grateful that um, God has placed you where you are serving right now mm -hmm. um, some people serve in ministry in the church 
like me. Um, but there is no doubt that each of you are also serving in your own forms of ministry. So thank you. And um, we, we wish all of our listeners a great day. And thanks for joining us on this episode of Faith Lab.